This is Doug Green, and I'm the publisher of Telecom Reseller, and today I'm with Jim DeBolt, who's the Chief Revenue Officer at White Label Communications. Jim, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Doug. I appreciate it. Looking well, first of all, I want to thank you for uh, participating in the MSP Expo just a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we're going to be following up on all the good work we did there with a really important topic. We're going to literally be talking about how to sell more UCAS, how to right. make that model work better, and we're going to be diving into that in just a second. But Jim, first of all, what is White Label Communications? So White Label, as the name insinuates, is private labeling or white labeling UCAS solutions for the channel. We don't sell direct at all. All of our customers are channel partners. Those would include managed service providers, what I would consider are an old term, interconnects, which some people call VARs now office technology dealers, internet service providers, slash broadband providers. Those are our four primary channel partners. We pride ourselves on enabling the channel, not competing with the channel. So we're Oz behind the curtain. Partners are never uh, in conflict with us in any way, shape or form. And uh, you know that's the way we started out 15 or 13 years ago, excuse me, and the way we maintain credibility with the channel today. So that's a really interesting point of view. And let's be just clear before we, we uh, go on with our session today. It, you guys would never talk, never dream of talking directly to the customer, not with that customer literally does belong to the partner who brought them in. 100%. Yeah, where there's no, you know, that the agent slash referral model is a model that a lot of people gravitate to for a variety of reasons. And that model, you run the risk of, uh, disintermediating yourself with the end user and with the private label, white label model, that's uh, not at all uh, the way it works. The business is such that our partners provide level one support. Our partners are doing all their implementations. They do Mac work, moves ads, changes. Uh, our customers, our partners, customers are invoiced directly by the channel partner. The, the, the customers pay the channel partner directly. So the top line revenue is our channel partners and then obviously the margin as well as our channel partners so we bill our partners in arrears so from a cash flow perspective it's also a nice uh, model because the partner is typically collecting services in advance of the month and then we bill in the back end in arrears so they're never so you're, you're you're just not there in front of anybody except the partner themselves correct so, you know, with that in mind, I think you and I both picked up on something when we were talking to the MSPs during all those sessions and panels and so on, that even today, although MSPs definitely sell recurring income model uh, products and services, they struggle selling UCAS, maybe don't even like it or can't get their people to sell more of it, whatever the problem is, sounded a little bit like that's what I heard, that UCAS is sometimes a hard one. Yeah. I, when I uh, did the presentation at IT Expo, uh, the keynote address that you guys were kind enough to allow me to deliver, one of the terms I used is UCAS is sometimes viewed as the redheaded stepchild. Now, I'm a stepchild, so it's not intended to be derogatory. <laughs> I'm just not redheaded. Um, and I have these conversations. I have a conversation about how UCAS fits into the service stack on a pretty frequent basis with our channel partners. And I think one of the things that the industry hasn't done a very good job of, the private label industry uh, in particular, is helping the MSP understand how UCAS complements and drives revenue through the rest of their service stack. So 
one of the things we spend a lot of time on, and we probably do a whole nother podcast on it, we could do a whole nother podcast on this, is how does the UCAS um, service drive revenue through the rest of the business? I, I don't think, you know, I'll be, I'm guilty of this. Our, our, our uh, onboarding and training needs to do a better job of educating our partners on the typical conversation around UCAS and how, again, it drives services through the rest of their service stack. So but, let's talk about, let's drill down on that. You know, we uh, talked just before we started on something a lot of our listeners and readers are really familiar with, which is the whole world of going out there and selling basically an on-prem communication system of some kind, a PBX, maybe a key system, session border controller, whatever it was, we basically went out there, sold it, installed it, then serviced it. That was the model of break fix. So now we're trying to replace that or would like to replace that with UCAS. What's the speed bump? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I mentioned to you earlier offline, if you will, that I have been providing a private label UCAS solution for the last 15 years. Now, we didn't call it UCAS 15 years ago. We called it private or hosted PBX. So I've been right. interacting with many interconnects. That might be a term that some of the people that are listening would remember. Uh, some of them are newer to the industry don't know what an interconnect is, but it's basically a dealer, a PBX right. dealer. So you have HAD, Toshiba, Via, right. Mitel, Shortel, all, all the you know Cisco PBX manufacturers or dealers out there. And having those, having conversations with those, those distributors, those dealers over the years has been very interesting. It's one of the things that I actually enjoy about the business. I get to talk to business owners a lot. And, and, and a lot of these folks have built their business around one-time sales, right? So you, you, you sell a $50,000 PBX and then whatever, you know, I don't know what you would cost, say it costs you 25,000, you keep 25,000, you pay your salespeople and you move on. So it's one-time revenue. And having this transition to multi-recurring revenue has not always been easy. Not because they don't get it. They understand it. Multi-recurring revenue isn't difficult to understand. It's just they structured their business around one-time break, uh, one-time revenue in terms of PBXs and break fix. So it's been sometimes a very difficult transition for the, the dealers to make. And I, I think we've done a really good job of identifying that as a problem and helping them get through that. I also shared with you that I've created a, a commission structure that I share with all of our partners around behavior on the sales side. How do you drive behavior through your, with your salespeople such that they're more incentivized to sell monthly recurring revenue? We all know it's good for the business to be on month, generate monthly recurring revenue for a variety of reasons. Right. One is in a downturn market when capital markets get tight, customers stop buying equipment. If you're generating monthly recurring revenue, it's very beneficial. Um, and also valuations on business are much higher as a result of generating monthly recurring revenue. And I would argue generating monthly recurring revenue that you own, right? I use this term you own. And what that means is the, our partners bill the customer directly, that customer pays them directly. So it's top line revenue that the partners are driving, our partners are driving and owning. And then the bottom line margin obviously is theirs as well, as opposed to a commission check, which isn't a bad thing. I like commission checks like everybody else. And some of the carriers out there throwing around some pretty amazing spiffs these days. So I don't know if that can be sustained, but whatever. Um, you know, at the end of the day, owning the customer, I think drives much more value to the, to the organization. So let's connect the dots. You know, it sounds to me like UCAS should be a great opportunity. And to your point, very timely, that with higher interest rates and so on now more than ever, 
it's an attractive thing to sell. It's more difficult to get capital, harder to borrow, more expensive, and so on. And yet, you know, it. Uh, you were telling me earlier about how it's not sort of tied in to the rest of what the MSP might be doing. And I, I'd like to understand better what you mean by that. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I, the example I'll, I'll, I'll cite is one that I briefly referenced at IT Expo, which is SIP calls. What a little known fact is SIP calls are easy to listen to if you have the right technology in place. So as it, I don't know if your listeners are familiar with Wireshark, but it's a pretty common technology that most IT guys and gals can use. It's not that complicated. Even I can use it. <laughs> but if, if SIP calls on a network are not encrypted, and I don't mean the signaling is encrypted, I mean the call is encrypted end to end, then a pretty savvy IT folk, uh, person can, can listen to the, the calls of C-level executives within an organization. So one of the things that I always recommend to my main service providers is the conversation around UCAS isn't just about inexpensive phone bills. It, that's part of it for sure. But it's also driving a conversation around security. It's you know making sure they have a SIP-capable firewall with the proper rules in place. It's making sure that remote workers have the proper tools in place so that uh, they can securely communicate with the organization. It's making sure that SIP calls are encrypted. So I think a lot of the MSPs aren't, maybe through no fault of their own, maybe it's, again, people like, white label and others in our business that aren't doing a good job of educating the end users, or I'm sorry, the partners around this, but they need to be, the MSPs need to be um, thinking more broadly about UCAS. And again, I just mentioned uh, security, but here's another example. If you're going to, if a partner, if an end user customer goes to a managed service provider and says, hey, we're, we're going to implement UCAS and say that the managed service provider, it wasn't even the provider, they bought it from somebody else directly. The managed service provider is responsible, in my opinion, for raising their hand and saying, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's a great idea. But you probably want to make sure that the network, the local area network that you have is suitable for SIP traffic. Like there are things that you need to put in place to make sure that you can make SIP calls consistently and you don't hear jitter and latency and so forth. So there's a WAN-LAN component that the man of service providers can be a, an advisor around for the end user. And I just think they're missing some of those opportunities. So help me put this together. There's an opportunity out there. There's some uh, things that people literally are missing, actually end users are missing in implementation. You've identified at least one or two security gaps, some big holes and so on. Yet we both know it's really hard to get the salespeople to actually go out there and sell you CAS. So yeah. why is that and what's the solution? Well, it's hit and miss on the sales side. Uh, part of it is incentivizing the salespeople properly, but a lot of managed service providers are already, I think, incentivizing their salespeople to sell managed service or reoccurring revenue, monthly recurring MRR, right? So as long as, uh, if, if, a, if, a, if a payment commission plan is in place for a salesperson to, to, to sell monthly recurring revenue, then the commission element shouldn't be that big a deal. The second is understanding um, UCAS, but also understanding how it ties into the service stack. I think that's the biggest challenge is educating the, the people that are, that you would label salespeople with an managed service provider, understanding how UCAS fits into the service stack. They, they kind of just plop it onto the side and say, okay, sell it. And the, the, the positioning of UCAS relative to the rest of the service stack is not done in my opinion, based on my experiences as effectively as it needs to be done. 
So tell me how you guys at White Label Communications overcome that. How do you help your partner companies put this together for success? We have a pretty robust onboarding and training program. Everybody does. I mean, if you're doing a good job in, in our in our business and you don't have a, 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 a robust onboarding and training program, then you shouldn't be in the business. But we have a very robust onboarding and training. But more than that, it's our understanding of the space. It's understanding of, of UCAS and, again, how the service stack should all fit together. It's not just about educating the managed service providers around UCAS. It's more than that. It's tying it all together into the service stack. So I think we do a really superior job in that area. I find that a lot of organizations don't do a very good job in that area. So as we wrap up this uh, this part one of two uh, little podcast series we're doing on changing the culture and selling UCAS, what's one thing I could do today if I'm running an MSP to motivate my or help my sales team sell more UCAS? First of all, make the, I think you should make the decision to private label UCAS, make it your own. I think that it's, it's good for the business, but when a salesperson uh, is, is selling a service that they know is part of the company they represent, I think it has a stronger message and it, uh, the salespeople are much more inclined um, to provide the service or sell the service. The other thing is that I think, again, I, I sound like a broken record probably, but it's more thoughtful. Uh, it's a more thoughtful product process. So in other words, service stack, how is everything tied together in the service? It's looking at the service stack. If you're selling physical security, cybersecurity, how does UCAS fit into your security message? How does UCAS fit into your, uh, your, your network message? You're managing a, a customer's network for them, an infrastructure for them. How does UCAS imp, uh, impact that infrastructure? And what changes need to be made or improvements need to be made on your customer's local area network, wide area network, if you're gonna add UCAS as a service? So I think those are the things that if a partner really thinks through that, and again, we help our partners with this, then they'll be much more efficient, much more effective at selling UCAS to their end users. Well, Jim, I want to thank you for joining us today and are, again, one of two podcasts on how to rev up UCAS. We're going to be talking in the next one about really directed at the owners and changing what I'd like to almost call ownership culture. But for now, where can we learn more about White Label Communications? Our website is the best way. You can also email me, but our website is www.whitelabelcom with two ends.com. So it's whitelabelcomm.com. And my email is jdebald at whitelabelcom.com, D-E-B-A-L-D. Go ahead and talk to Jim directly, everybody. Well, look forward to our next one. But for now, thanks very much. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate it.